Well, we're up to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and God's word reminds us that his word is a lamp unto our feet. So as God shines on us frontwards, backwards, his word always leads and guides us along the right path. Now, um, this um, talk or this part of the passage was called, What Really Matters to Us? And it's a question that we should ask ourselves, what really matters to us? This passage covers quite a lot. It talks about the oppressed. It talks about power-crazed people. It talks about what's meaningless and what's the point of life. It talks about a core that cannot easily be broken. Lots of things. But what really matters to us? So spend a few moments to the person sitting close to you, asking them, what really matters to you in life? Go. Go. <laughs> Right, is anybody brave enough to share anything? Do you realise you're all evangelists? You were gossiping the gospel there? Sharing what's important to us is also important to God? That wasn't in the first. Let me say it in the first service. Crunching up cornflakes. <laughs> <laughs> anything deeper than that? <laughs> chocolate, yeah. I think we forget God loves us to enjoy chocolate and crunching up cornflakes and just the simple, small things of life really make life for us sometimes. So, um, chapter four, and what a chapter this is. Don't get too depressed and wait to the end, it all gets better. Um, again, I looked and saw all the oppression that was taking place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed, and they have no comforter. Power was not on their side, or power was on the side of their oppressors, and they have no comforter. And I declare that the dead, who had already died, are happier than the living, who are still alive. But better than both is he who has not yet been born. Or, in my words, um, <laughs> who has not seen the evil that is done under the sun. And I saw all the labour, all the achievement, springing from man's envy of his neighbour. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. The fool folds his hands and ruins himself. Better uh, better a handful with tranquillity than two handfuls with toil. And chasing after the wind. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone... He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless and miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and no one, and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands cannot quickly be broken. When we look at what's our priorities in life, it's quite a complex question, I think. And depending on our stages of life, the seasons of life that we looked at a few weeks ago, we all have different priorities. As a church, we've focused last week on the thrusts of this church. Community life, coming together. 
family life for the youngest to the eldest and expecting God to act in the extraordinary in the ordinary expecting God to act in every aspect of our lives as we look to him and um, I have a daughter called Anna and she's mad keen on gymnastics she's about 13 hours a week and she'll do that to the point where she gets to the stage of life where she can't do gymnastics anymore you're too old or you're past it or there's a new generation that comes up and she's going to have to change her priorities and we will as a family and I thought my life was ticking along fine and then um, last week um, I was diagnosed with um, celiac disease which means I have to go on a gluten-free diet and I thought I'll have a biscuit after service between services I was just about to reach for one I thought I can't have one of those anymore so I you know, so as a family, we're going to have to make some adjustments. But sometimes it's only when these things happen in our life that it stops us and we reevaluate what's really important to us in life. And I think sometimes, either on a, on a daily basis or at least once a week, we should sit down and think, what's really important to us? Are we chasing after things that aren't ultimately that important to us, but we think that they are? chasing after the after the wind some deep questions to think about and the author of this passage says again I looked and saw the oppression that was taking place under the sun I saw the tears of the oppressed and they had no comforter and you only have to look around the world to see that cry is still the same uh, my organization that I work for um, puts medic, medics into difficult situations. And there was a medic that went to Aleppo and tragically he died two or three months ago. But if you asked him, would he go again? I guess he would say, yes, I want to go there and help my brothers and my sisters. He was Syrian and he was helping those out that were in desperate need. And I guess the cry of his family, those in Syria would still be the same as those in Ecclesiastes. Where is my comforter? Why is the power with America or Russia or whoever it is in the world? And some things we can't fathom. And when I read about oppression, I think countries far away. And yet we have the YMCA, which is about a third of a mile up the road, which has got about 40 young people there. They've got lots of problems. Seemingly life and the world has rejected them. And they need our help at some point. And I just got to that point in my sermon when Anna came along. And I don't know whether you've got had young children, they always want to type on the keyboard, don't they? Because it mattered, she wanted to feel part of what I was doing. And I thought she was going to press a couple of keys and it was all going to zizz along and you have to delete everything that, that they, they play around with. But she read and she typed three small words, which were, please help them. And I had to stop for a moment, you know, out of the mouths of babes. We were talking about how, how, much, how young do you have to be to understand. She's only seven, and she knew that we could help them. And it doesn't matter whether it's the YMCA or whether it's giving someone a lift to hospital or whether it's Angela going off to Kenya or Claire on the reception desk or whatever it is, whatever it is. We all do these things every day for people. And I guess everyone that comes into this church, they might not say it, 
but in their hearts they will say, please help us. They come here to find help, and their help comes from Christ alone. But sometimes don't we feel helpless that we can't change situations, we can't change world events? And sometimes we can't change the things that have happened in our lives. And at that point, maybe we just need to cry out to God with our three simple words. Please help me. Please help me. But sometimes it's quite difficult. We always think we can do things on our own. I'm okay as I am. I don't need anybody's help. But God knows we can hide from one another, but we can't hide from God. And then the author of this, uh, the teacher, moves on. I saw that all labour and all achievements sprang or spring from man's envy of his neighbour. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Ultimately, what we strive for, I guess, is a chasing after the wind. And we do it out of envy because we think someone's got something that we want and we'll be happier once we've got that. And then it goes on. The fool folds his hands and ruins himself. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And I guess perhaps that sums up where a lot of us or the lot of the world is in that lukewarm place. It reflects to me of our post-truth society. As long as I'm happy, as long as you don't come into my space, then that's all fine. You can believe what you want to believe, and I'll believe what I want to believe. And as long as the two don't cross, then we're fine in life. But there's that phrase, isn't there? Evil thrives when good men do nothing. Cross their arms and think someone else will do it when maybe God's saying that we should do something, maybe we should change what matters to us to help other people and then he goes on to say for who am I toiling he asked why am I depriving myself of enjoyment this too is is meaningless a miserable business sometimes it comes too late that question of life when we suddenly realise all that we've put our store in has changed, we suddenly realise all that we have is meaningless compared to what we really wanted in life or what's really important, what really matters to us. And we have to spend that time with God asking him what's really important to him. And as you read this passage, or as I read this passage, The more I read it and the more I mulled over it, the more depressed I got. Everything that we do ultimately is just chasing after the wind. When we strive for stuff, when we think we need stuff, when we don't do anything about oppression, we don't do anything about this. I came to the same conclusion as the teacher did. It's all just a miserable business. If we're alone and doing things in our strength, being insular and not thinking beyond ourselves and then um, 
yeah, and I, I was stuck there for a while. And then I read something. He says, if you take a 10p coin and put it up to the sky, you'll blot out 10 billion stars. And God taps us on the shoulder and says, I put those 10 billion up there. I know your problems. I can help you. And in this passage, I think the author changes tack. He suddenly realises that once he's hit rock bottom, that things need to change. But the thing is, God doesn't always want us to hit rock bottom before he wants us to help us out. And the irony is, the more we surrender to God, the more we let God into our lives, the richer our lives will be. And the author moves on. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and no one can help him up. And it reminded me of Jesus, really, when he came to earth. He picked everybody up. He reached out a hand. He touched the leper. He prayed for people. And as I reflected on this miserable passage, the meaning of life, I realised that God is so much bigger than this passage. He didn't send his son to leave us where we are, depressed, down, joyless, with no hope. He came to bring us life. He came to bring us joy. He came to bring us hope. He came to bring us freedom. He came and he came and he gives and he gives and he gives to each one of us. We just need to spend the time with God and trust that he is on our side and take him at his word. And then he goes on to finish with, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands cannot easily or cannot quickly be broken. And it reminded me of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. When we trust in all three, the Trinity, when we align ourselves with God's purposes in love, that bond cannot easily be broken. When we've got Father, Son and Holy Spirit working for us day by day in love and in grace that we've already sung about, that's a strength that helps us in the good times and in the difficult times. I can't share with you or tell you what's supposed to be important to you in life. That's something you're going to have to work out with God. But this passage reminds me that there's nothing new under the sun. Life goes by, you've still got dictators, you've still got the oppressed. But when you come to church, God does want to heal us. He wants to heal our minds, our bodies and our spirits. He wants to revive us and bring us into a relationship with himself. And maybe it's a relationship that you haven't even asked God about. Maybe you need to ask God to be that place in your struggle and ask him to help you this morning. And maybe you've been a Christian for years and years, but we still need that help from God to pick us up, to strengthen us, to remind us what truly is important to us in life. We need that relationship with God. We need to be strengthened each day in that relationship with God. And that bond of love will not easily be broken. Amen.